and I to come here and share about what God has uh, laid on our hearts. We um, finished up with Camp Piaba uh, on the 15th of November, so just last month. And um, of course, that's where Fred and Patsy will be taking over from us on the 1st of Feb. And uh, so we, we're finished with Camp Piaba. We're actually down in the missionary unit at Corinda at the moment. And um, we'll be there until the end of January. And we're doing deputation meetings in Brisbane. And then we're going down to New South Wales for February, Victoria in March, and we actually fly over to Nepal on the 18th of April next year. So basically what happened was it was through Graeme Kerr that we came to know about Transform the Nations and what God was doing in Nepal. He invited us over to Nepal uh, for a conference for me to come to speak to the leaders and pastors conference over there in January each year. So January this year, at the beginning of this year, 2014, we went over and uh, I had the opportunity to, uh, to teach there in, um, to the 40 pastors and leaders in Western Nepal. And what a blessing that was to see the eagerness, to see the hunger that these pastors and leaders had for the word of God. Uh, I actually taught the creation to Christ, which is, uh, I'll share a little bit of, uh, later about that. I've got the, the book here now, just um, published one month ago. And uh, we didn't have it published when we went over in January. And uh, I had to speak through an interpreter. I had two fantastic young men, Nepalese men, Daniel and Samir, and uh, they interpreted uh, for me. And we had a great time going through the Word of God. It was just uh, an excellent time for me, and, uh, and I know that they were all blessed through the teaching of God's Word. So through, as a result of, us, result of us going there in January this year... Pastor Raju and Graham Kerr uh, approached us and asked us whether we would be interested in running the new missionary training centre that they're currently building and uh, to train the Nepalese believers because there's a mighty work happening there. It's only been probably open to the gospel in a big way the last eight years. Pastor Raju has a church in Kathmandu of about 1,200 people and about 60 satellite churches scattered throughout Nepal and that's where we went, Western Nepal, to do the teaching and they're all hungry to learn the word of God. And so they want to set up this missionary training centre. So we've been invited to go over and run the missionary training centre. And uh, that's a five-year commitment, which we said yes to. We believe the Lord laid that on our hearts. And um, are you able to get it, Leanne? Is it there? It is there. So uh, without any further ado, I'd like to show the little eight-minute PowerPoint we've got of our trip in January this year. And uh, then I'll uh, get Leanne to share about the woman's part of the work, the ladies' part of the work that um, happens there, and then I'll finish off sharing about some other things and from the Word. So thank you. Nestled beneath the mighty Himalayan range is the little country of Nepal. Nepal is sandwiched between the two most populous countries in the world, China to the north and India to the south. The Himalayan range is 2,400 kilometres long and stretches through six countries. Kathmandu is the capital city of Nepal and has a population of one million people. Nepal has a population of 27 million and is the birthplace of both Hindu and Buddhism. Hinduism is the predominant religion, making up 81% of the population. 
This is followed by Buddhism, which totals only 9% of the population. Christianity is only 1.4% of the population and growing. This is a typical street in Kathmandu. Notice the mass of electrical wires both sides of the road. And this is the laneway that leads to the Transform the Nations guest house. The Transform the Nations guest house with Netra, the on-site manager, standing out front. Netra and his wife Namana, along with baby Nelson. They will be part of our team at Dolagat. We went to a small town in western Nepal, and this is the main street of Chinchu. Here is the street leading up to the Chinchu Hostel, School and Church. The church is the building on the left, with the kitchen in the centre, and the girls' dorm on the right. Here is inside the kitchen where all the meals are cooked for the dorm, church and school. Inside the church building where I did the teaching for the two weeks that I was there. The little school which caters for kindergarten to early primary at this stage. Inside one of the classrooms which is simple but quite functional. Every morning before school, the children line up for parade. This is a close-up of some of the cute little kids that are now getting a Christian education. I taught the God Has Spoken lessons and Daniel was one of my interpreters. Here is Leanne with some of the girls living at the Chinchu Hostel. A group photo of us, along with the house parents and the principal. Samir was my other interpreter. They had a great time with both Daniel and Samir. This is me teaching with Daniel as my interpreter at the Ramgut Church. How's this for being packed in for a church meeting? A typical village house in western Nepal. The countryside surrounding Chinchu. This is the government school where the older kids go. And this is their classroom where they get taught each day. Not far from Chinchu is a Badi village located on the Zuprakola, which means rubbish river. The Badi are one of the lowest caste and most of the girls from this village have been rescued. There is a church here in this Badi village and 21 people were baptised while we were there. A brick-making machine has been provided to supplement the income of the village due to the rescuing of the girls. 
This is Tusao, one of our hostels in Kathmandu, which currently has 72 girls. We have seven hostels in total, with over 500 girls in them. Some of the kids in the hostel, dancing and singing is a favourite pastime with them. This is Leanne with her cooking class, whom she taught to make cakes and slices. Some of the goodies that they baked. Anyone hungry? As you can see, the girls were very proud of what they were able to make. While Leanne taught cooking, Robin Kerr did doll making with her sewing class. Here we have the finished dolls which they hoped to sell. There was also a bead making class and we actually have some here for sale today on our display table. Looking out the window of the Dolagat Church, which we are going to be part of. The church meets in the upper room of this red brick building. Looking down at the Sun Cushy River from the top of the missionary training property. This is the only flat ground on the new missionary training property. The relocatable buildings which will be our temporary house will be put here. New retaining walls being built on the slope ready for the new building. Did you notice on um, on that slide, one of those slides there, the, the picture of the village, the Bardi village in that river? Every year they have monsoon time in Nepal. In June, July and August the monsoons come. And uh, that, little, that little Bardi village, it just gets wiped out every year. They've got to head for the hills, make the most of it during the monsoon time. And after the monsoon's finished, the river's gone down, they go back down and they build their village again. Why? because they have to. They've got no other land. They're the, they're the lowest caste system in Nepal. They've got a caste system just like India and, and they're, they're basically the untouchables, the worth nothing rubbish people. That's how they're considered. And so every year their village gets wiped out, then they have to rebuild it again. It gets wiped out, they've got to build it again and that's where they live. And they break rocks, the ladies break rocks to get, make a bit of a living and that's why... Uh, of course, they sell their daughters and, the, and, the, and, the, and, and the, that industry is such a ripe industry in that country. And uh, so I'd like Leanne just to come up and share a little bit about the, the girls' side of things because she spent the time with the girls and she can share it a lot better than I can. So if Leanne would just like to come up, can she just speak through there? Oh. Um, since... Um being called to be missionaries in Nepal and also just the, uh, what you call exposure to um, 
um, the trafficking that goes on in Nepal with our girls, I've really got into a lot of research about about um, trafficking and what's happening all over the world, and it's really quite um, it's quite shocking what's happening in more countries than Nepal. There's a whole list of them I could go on. Ne- Nepal is considered the um, the most um, the, the the most busiest trafficking route in the world. Nepal is considered, but it's only one of the countries where where trafficking happens, and that's um, you can't really I can't really go into too many details. I've got too many little children here, but if if you just hear the word trafficking, you know what I mean. For really unspeakable, horrible things are happening to human beings today in this world. So one of the great blessings about being part of Transform the Nations is that it's a holistic mission and that we aren't just going with the gospel. We're going, we're taking education, we're building schools, we're, um, we've got hostels giving safe accommodation for these girls where they can get education, they can get vocational training in other ways that they can earn money for the future. We, we organise um, micro-credit programs in different community things where people are given a small amount of money to start a little business so they can earn money. And oftentimes in those situations, we as Transform the Nations, we only give money to the women most of the time because what we've found, and it's not just us, worldwide in organisations that are helping developing countries have found that if they give the money to the women, the women will use it more wisely in the sense of building something for their children's future, for their future. And then in doing that, the women starting earning a little bit of money, it empowers them. It gives them more um, voice in their home, in their communities. Their husbands stop beating them. And um, they had the power. They, they're giving. It empowers them to stand up and to be more. Well, what's the, I can't really think of the word, but it empowers them personally, so that they think that they're a worthwhile human being. And that's what's happening in Nepal. We rescue the girls. We have um, seven hostel, hostels in Kathmandu. At the moment, we can't build any more hostels in Kathmandu, so we're going to be building them out in more rural areas. We're actually going to build a hostel in Saket, which is just near where you saw the photo of the Bardi village. I'm not sure, I wasn't quite listening to Ian. The people there are, are, live along the, the Zuprakola the Means River, and that means rubbish river. It's not named after the water being rubbished. It's named after the people living alongside it, earning an income. The Bardi people are considered rubbish. They're considered untouchable. They're not even, like in the Hindu religion, for instance, they can't even go in a Hindu te- temple to worship because they're unclean. They're, they're considered worthless human beings and that's why these people are taken advantage of, trafficked all over the world for unspeakable things. And so it's a, it's a great privilege to be able to be part of a work where we're rescuing 
rescuing people as well as bringing hope. Something I really saw in the research that I've been doing about women all over the world, this isn't just because of poverty. It's not because of poverty people are selling their daughters and their sons. It's not because of poverty. It's because of their mindset. What your foundational beliefs are is where your gives you the power to be able to sell somebody. If you don't believe that somebody is worthwhile and that they're nothing, then you can sell them. You can you can use them and for all sorts of horrible things. And so the real problem all over the world is spiritual. It's a spiritual problem and that's why we need to take the gospel and to change this whole worldview, this whole mindset, their whole their whole base of morals has to be changed from the ground up. So it's a real privilege to be part of a work where doing that. Um, at stepping out from the camp, we've had to live with our children a bit, been living out of suitcases. At the moment, we've had a real blessing of the Corinda Assembly letting us use their um, missionary home and we're living in that. So it's... Um, actually really flash. It's a beautiful place to live. But one of the blessings of being with our children for me has been building relationships with my grandchildren. I've got two smaller, younger ones that are only just one and just above. So I, being at, in Harvey Bay, I haven't, been as, haven't built that relationship with them. But one of those little ones is my granddaughter, Ruby. I mean, Ruby is a little one, but Lily is, um, she's four, and so we've lived with Ruby and Lily, our son David and his wife Courtney, and they're two little girls, and every morning I get woken up, Mama, come and watch a movie with me. So I've watched a lot of kids' movies recently, and one of them that really blessed me was um, a Dr. Zeus one called The The Lorix, and in the end, it really spoke to me. There's a quote that is Dr. Zeus, and it says... And the quote is, if someone like you doesn't care a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. And um, that's what it really spoke to me. That is the truth. You know, we need to, the world needs to present what is happening. Like we, we would rather not hear about what's happening to girls in India. Every four minutes in India, a little girl dies. Every four minutes in India, a little girl dies. The only reason is she's a girl. That's the only reason. Because we, girls are not valued. We, we're marginalised in most of the world. Abused and mistreated and just not considered, considered a possession to be used and abused. So that's what's happening in so many countries all over the world, Cambodia, India, Bangladesh, even in Brazil, in heaps more countries than that, Ghana, Uganda, I could go on, Nepal. And um, it's such a blessing to be part of an a organisation that is doing something. You, through Transform the Nations, you can sponsor a child. We're not just taking girls, we're taking boys as well. You can sponsor a child. You can come on a short-term mission trip. Uh, your young people can come on a mission trip, young or old. Teachers, there are always um, need for teachers to go and help 
train and build up our teachers in our schools and give them better qualifications so that they can teach our, um, our kids in our schools better. There's so many ways that you can be part of the work. And the big reason, a big thing for us is pray for us. Something the Lord really spoke to me from this morning in the word from just hearing here was that, you know, we're, we're a body. We're all part of the one body. And without a body that, without the body behind you, you can't do anything. One person on their own cannot achieve much. But if you are unified, one body you can. And that's why we need more than anything your prayers. Your prayers behind us as we go out to transform the nations. I just wanted to share a little bit about um, Manissa, one of the little girls that is in our halfway house. We have a halfway house in Kathmandu where we take women that have escaped from brothels. So you can just imagine the worst of the worst has happened to these young women. The oldest woman we have in there is 35, but most of them are a lot younger. Children as young as five years old are stolen from their beds or sold by their parents, their grandparents, their uncles and aunts. So little girls as young as five trafficked over the Indian border and sold into some sort of slavery. So most of it is the worst sort of kind of slavery. But... um. We have, in our um, halfway house, we have these women, and when they receive the love and the hope that the gospel gives them, it transforms their lives. That, that's why the transformation as a name really speaks what is happening in Nepal. The gospel is transforming people's lives. The power of the gospel is doing amazing things. Families like one person is being saved and then their whole families are being saved. It's just like the book of Acts over again. This amazing stuff is happening there. And in our little, uh, in our halfway house, we have these beautiful women, young women and older, 35, who've come out of brothels and their lives are transformed and their lives are beaming with the love of Jesus. And one in, one in particular I wanted to share about is little Manissa. She stands underneath my shoulders so she's only a little thing but she's just a little woman and she's she's a real servant she has a real servant's heart and she'll just serve you she served me while I was there so much she would go around and wouldn't let me lift a finger I was able to show them how to cook and things but they wouldn't let me mop the floor or clean the benches or do anything other than just show them how to do it it was it was a real privilege and they called me Mama, which is what my grandchildren called me already. I'm known by my grandchildren as Mama, but there they, know, they gave me the name Mama Leanne because I'm a grandmother. You get that term of respect, Ian's Papa Ian, and I'm Mama Leanne. And so it's really lovely, the respect that they give you. But one, this little woman, Manissa in particular, really spoke to me. And her life just really, to me, it was like the Jesus, um, the the prostitute in the Bible that came in and put perfume on Jesus just before his de- burial. She j- broke that really expensive perfume and she poured it all over him. And his disciples were thinking it was a huge waste. But she, 
she um, poured it all over him and that aroma went out and filled the room and everywhere Jesus went, that aroma of perfume would have gone out. Well, Manissa's life is like that. Her servant heart just goes out and the perfume of her serving just goes out and affects all those around. And that's the way our life should be as a as a believer, you know, and, and even the, just thinking about it this morning, we need to waste ourselves on Jesus. We need to waste ourselves on the gospel. You know, it's, it's the best. It's, it's not a waste, but that's what our lives need to be. But Manissa's little life was such a testimony because even though she's come out of a brothel, she grew up as a little tot not wanted being beaten, really beaten and forced into, um, forced into work, forced into doing work beyond her years from a tiny little age. Even though she has been saved and now she shines and beams with the love of Jesus, she, her body wears the scars of the abuse. You know, she will have bad dreams at night or, or um, just when she walks, you can tell that her body has been hurt. She walks with pain. Each step she takes, she, you can t- tell that her, she steps in pain. But now her life has been, what, what she has now is just so much more valuable and just shines out and affects you. Just knowing what she's been through and knowing who she is now is just such a blessing. So it's, I will have a bit to do with these girls, the girls in the halfway house. I'll um, be helping them because one of our goals, um, the Transform the Nation goals, is building um, jobs for these girls for the future. One of them is to build a coffee shop, a full-blown barista coffee shop in Kathmandu because Kathmandu is a big tourist area. People go through there on pilgrimages and... Um, their big trekking trips up into the big Himalayas. Mount Everest is in Nepal, and um, but so we we will be able to have this full blown coffee shop where the girls can receive training. They can have jobs and also a way of income coming back into the into our back into the um, the halfway house and the other hostels in Kathmandu. So I'll have a part to do with that in because. Most of you know I'm a good cook. So, yeah, so I'll help them with their cakes and goodies that they need to sell there as well. But th- thank you. So you can get a little bit of an idea there that the Transform the Masons is a, is a holistic mission, and, uh, which is very important because I believe uh, that's who God is, isn't he? And that's how he treats us in a whole way. He's concerned with his body, soul and spirit. He's concerned with us. John said in, the, in, in, in his epistle to pray that your life may be complete, your health be complete. You know, so it's very, it's very clearly a scriptural thing. And um, as I said before, my main ministry will be going and teaching in the missionary training centre that's been built. You saw on the, uh, on the, on the PowerPoint the... The, the, what's being built is just the retaining walls at the moment. So it's going to be a three-tiered building up the side of the mountain because that's where they build them, their buildings. It's pretty hilly everywhere. There's not much flat ground. 
and uh, so to be built on the side of the mountain. And um, so when that will be finished, I do not know. Uh, but we'll be leaving in April the, the 18th, Saturday, April the 18th, going to Kathmandu and uh, we'll be staying in the guest house that you saw on the PowerPoint and we'll be involved in the Bible College and the church there for a little bit and, and then go out to Dollar Gap when, thing, when our house is ready, our demountable house. So um, there's a great, great uh, ministry ahead of us. Uh, we, we feel very privileged from the Lord to be part of it. Um, also in... Uh, uh, the last couple, as I mentioned, the last couple, the last month or so, uh, we've had the God has spoken published. Um, Leanne um, did all the illustrations. There's lovely, colourful illustrations, but uh, the beauty of this book is that it's a creation to Christ Bible study. So it's ten lessons from creation to Christ. It lays the important foundations that people need to understand, and I'm sure you guys have seen it in, in here in the Sunshine Coast. The people out there don't know hardly Zazu or whatever the word is about God. They don't know nothing. And so we need to, we need to teach them who God is. And this is what the, this, we go start in creation and we teach who God is. The character of God comes out very clearly in the creation story. We need to teach about where did sin come from? What is sin? The fall of man, a very important teaching. Man created in the image of God. These are all foundational truths that need to be taught. And uh, Satan, where does he fit in? Did God create Satan? No, he didn't. He created Lucifer. And all these things are very important to teach and to give people a proper understanding of who God is and, of course, leading up to the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, the one who died uh, for the sins of the whole world. And so this is done in 10 lessons. And uh, it's, avail it's uh, available also on ebook. If you're into the modern technology, uh, you can get it on ebook as well through um, Amazon's or whatever. And uh, but it's a great Bible study study tool. If you've got some non-Christian friends you want to take them through a Bible study, this would be perfect to to lead someone to Christ, a saving knowledge of Christ. Um, let me just finish off with the just a, a few little verses in the in the. Um, in where we were this morning was that uh, Bryn was it Bryn Bryn yep uh, where he uh, shared some verses in Romans chapter 8 read out that passage in Romans chapter 8 just a couple of verses really spoke to me this morning as Bryn was reading it and uh, which it should it's the word of God it's the living word of God and God wants to speak to us and in verse 31 it says what then shall we say to these things if God is for us, who is against us? Verse 32. He who did not spare his own son. <laughs> he who did not spare his own son. See, that, that's the good news. The good news is Jesus did leave heaven. Jesus did come down to this earth. It's a historical fact. If you open your Encyclopedia Britannica, although you go to Google these days, you don't open the big books, do you? But if you, you'll see Jesus Christ. There's, there's pages on Jesus Christ. He is a historical fact. There was such a person as Jesus Christ. The problem is, what does everyone believe about this person, Jesus Christ? That's the problem. And this is where the Word of God comes in. The Word of God gives us the truth about the, about the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, if God is for us, who is against it? He who did not spare his own son, he sent Jesus, but delivered him over for us all. The gospel message is for everyone. That's why we're going to Nepal. 
We're going to Nepal because the gospel is for those Nepalese people. God wants to build his church there, and he is. I love it when Jesus says, I will build my church. I love those words. I get excited about those words. Because guess what? Jesus is going to build his church, and he's going to use little old people like me. He's going to use little old people like you. And all I've got to do is have a willing heart. All I've got to do is have an obedient heart. Well, Lord, here I am. Use me. What do you want me to do? Oh, I want you to go to Nepal. Okay, I'm going to Nepal. You get what I'm saying? It's as simple as that. When God lays something on your heart, when God speaks to you, do it. Obey. Okay? He is at work. He's building his church and he wants to use you and I to do it. And what a blessing it is to to do that, to be involved in that. But listen to this last little bit here. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? I think one of the biggest things that stops you and I, and I'm in the same boat, I've been there, stops us from stepping out in anything that God lays on our hearts is fear. And what if, what if, what if? That's the biggest thing. But the word of God, the precious promises we've got in the word of God are ours. They're already ours in Christ. They're, they're all 100% true. <laughs> they're 100% true. They're real. God cannot go back on his word. It's impossible, okay? And so it says here that not all, but how will he not also with him freely give us all things? That's to do with our life now. That's to do with our Christian life right now. That's to do with what God wants to do in your life. That's to do with what God wants to do in my life. In other words, we're going to Nepal... In, in the strength of Jesus Christ. We're going to Nepal believing that God is going to provide. We don't know how he's going to do it, but we know he's going to do it because God is true to his word. He's true to his word. He cannot go back on his word. So my challenge to myself, my challenge to everybody is here is step out. <laughs> Take God at his word and, 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 and let God prove himself to you in what he wants to do in and through your life, because he does. And it's great to see what's happening here in the Butterham Church. It's good to see that you're growing. You, 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 you have to get the building bigger. Well, that's a good problem to have, <laughs> isn't it? You know? But the building's getting bigger. Why? Because you want to reach out. You want more people in this area to come to know Jesus Christ. You don't want to just have a big building. Oh, we've got a nice big building. You know? That's not what it's all about, is it? The building's for the people. We, we actually met outside this morning, didn't we? <laughs> we just met outside. It would have been a bit hard if it started raining, but, you know, that's where buildings come in handy, you know? <laughs> but, you know, it's the people, isn't it? It's the people, it's relationships. And just to finish off this last little bit down in verse 38. For I am convinced, convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. I mean, that's everything. (laughs) He doesn't leave anything out. Paul was convinced that all those things will be able to separate us, will be able to separate me, personalise it, from the love of God. The love of God, God's love for you, God's love for me, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, Jesus is in me. That's, you're not a Christian if he's not in you. And if Jesus is in you, 
you need to be convinced of his love for you. All those things that are mentioned in that list up above, all those things are part of life, aren't they? There's trials, the tribulations, and they're just all part of life. Did Jesus go through trials and tribulations? Yes, he did. Did the Apostle Paul? Well, wow. <laughs> you read about them all, don't you? Okay? They went through the trials. And... That's part of life. But as soon as we get a trial or a tribulation, <gasps> what's happening? Lord, do you love me? <laughs> That's the human response. But the faith response is no. God's word says he loves me. God's word says he's in me. God says he wants me to grow in my faith in this situation. That's what God's word says. I'm going to believe God more than my feelings. That's the bottom line. That's really the bottom line. We've got to believe God's word above our feelings, how we feel. Because our feelings can be everywhere. You can wake up in the morning and feel, <laughs> can't you? You know, we've got to believe God. And so what a, what a blessing it is, what a privilege it is for us to know the Lord Jesus Christ and to be involved in a work of God. God. Jesus is building his church. That's what he's doing. That's the most important work that's happening on planet Earth right now in this present age that we live in. He is building his church and he wants to use you and I. So to be part of that, we're privileged. To be co-workers with Jesus Christ, what a privilege. And to, that he's going he's gonna to handle it all. I don't have to have it all together. He's going to handle it all. He's going to strengthen me. He's going to do what he's got to do. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you for the wonderful God that you are. We thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for what you've done for us. You've already done it. You've done everything. And we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Every spiritual blessing is already ours because you live in us, Lord Jesus because you died for us and rose again for us. We thank you for that. And Lord, help us to be convinced of the truths in your word and to keep moving forward in faith, believing you, and just to see how wonderfully you want to use us in building your church. Just thank you for that privilege. Thank you for the opportunity and time together. Father, we give you the praise and the glory and the honour. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you very much. We have got a table up the back there of some... Uh